This is episode 67, Getting Over Social Anxiety with Daniel. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, and welcome back, everybody, to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's the holiday season right now, and I just really love this time of year. Things slow down a bit, there's pretty decorations up, there's holiday music and holiday parties, and I also know it can be a challenging time of year for a lot of people, and I want to talk to you a little bit about that, but before we dive into that subject, just a couple quick things I want to share with you. First off, I'm going to be switching up the format of Coach's Corner a bit. I'm still going to be having thought leaders come on to share their expertise, but I'm also going to be answering more questions. There's quite a long waiting list to get on the show, and I want to be able to address more of the questions. So if you have questions you want me to answer and address in Coach's Corner, please send them to assist at christinehassler.com. That's A-S-S-I-S-T at christinehassler.com. And my lovely assistant, Rebecca, will start to compile a list. And please, when you give us your question, let us know if you want me to use your real name on the show or not. And I'll start diving into those and other topics on Coach's Corner, just to give you a little more love and a little more coaching on the weekends. Also, I've opened up more time slots to get people on the air. That goes out to my wait list first, but you can go to christinehasler.com slash podcast, click on the schedule a time to talk to me and either get a slot or get on the wait list there. And finally, we are having an amazing time at Inner Circle. We had our first coaching call last week and it was just awesome. It's an amazing group of people. So if you want to be in my Inner Circle and get access to more one-on-one coaching from me, all my life hacks, like-minded tribe people, and a focus every month where you really deepen and embody a certain quality, go to christinehaster.com slash Inner Circle and learn more about it there. Okay, so back to the challenging parts of the tis the season. First of all, there can be a lot of stress that comes up with the holidays, everything from getting all your holiday shopping done to dealing with family dynamics. And what I want to say about that is you get to decide how much stress you're willing to take this holiday season. A lot of times we have stress because we allow ourselves to have it. We say yes to too many things. We focus more on everything we have to do versus everything that we're grateful for and that we already have. And we often hold this image of perfection of we're supposed to have the perfect party or the perfect outfit to the perfect party or get the perfect gift or this perfect, 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 perfect BS that just stresses us out. And remember, one of my favorite quotes is there really is no stress. There's only stressful thoughts. So how can you change your thoughts? How can you change your behavior? How can you start saying no to certain things? And how can you focus on gratitude so this doesn't have to be such a stressful season? It can also be a very lonely time of year, especially if you're not in a romantic relationship or recently went through a breakup or loss of a loved one. And for anyone feeling a bit down this holiday season, please know you are not alone. Believe me, I've been there. There have been many holidays where I've been single and felt very isolated. I would occasionally get invited to some holiday parties, but even going was not really that much fun because I really just didn't feel confident or in the Christmas spirit at all. But here's what I've learned and here's what has been the biggest blessing in having some lonely holidays. 
Sometimes we learn the most about love when we're not feeling like we're receiving a lot of love from external sources. Those are the times where we have the opportunity to turn within, to nourish our relationship with spirit, and to truly practice self-love through the act of being kind and gentle and accepting with ourselves. So maybe this holiday season isn't so much about gifts or holiday parties or kissing under the mistletoe. Maybe this is the year you gift yourself with acceptance, both self-acceptance and acceptance of the way your life is right here, right now. One of my clients is spending her first Christmas alone this year. Well, we're never really alone, but she's choosing not to go back with family or not to go visit friends. And she's super excited about it because she reframed it from, oh, I'm lonely to, wow, this is a time to really give to myself, to rest, to meditate, to connect within, to create, and to basically do whatever she wants. So I invite you to consider what you really need from yourself this holiday season. What's the biggest gift you can give yourself? If you're feeling lonely, you can reframe the experience as a time to improve your relationship with you. Then from that place of self-acceptance, Set some strong intentions and take actions to bring more love into your life. Remember, we are powerful manifestors. So the more we believe we are alone and isolated, the more we create that. So get out and connect with people. Don't wait for invitations. Make plans. Invite people to do things with you. And if you stop breathing for a moment because you heard me mention initiating social plans, you probably suffer from a bit of social anxiety. And you're really going to appreciate my call with Daniel today. His question is about dealing with anxiety when he's away from home or in any kind of social situations. So as you're listening to this call, consider, is anxiety something you struggle with, especially in social situations? Have you mentally processed your past, even done forgiveness work, but can't seem to shake some of the feelings that went with it? Do you have a history of any physical, mental, or emotional abuse? Because that's definitely something that we talk about in this show. And do you tend to minimize things in your past because they weren't as bad as things that happened to other people? So before we listen to my incredibly moving and powerful coaching session with Daniel, I want to share with you one of the ways I stay super healthy during what is usually the cold and flu season for so many people. I've been taking a greens product called Daily Energy every day, right after I drink my room temperature water with lemon. It's super easy to use. Just scoop a serving into a shaker bottle with water or drink, and sometimes I add it to my green juice so you can put it in a smoothie too. And after just a few days of drinking Daily Energy every morning, I've noticed it really does live up to its name. I've had more energy, clarity, and vitality, and it lasts all day long. There's no caffeine jitters or energy crash because this is real healthy nutrition that has the equivalent of 12 servings of fruits, vegetables, and superfoods in every serving. Daily Energy has like 70 plus natural ingredients that target 11 key areas of health and is much more than just a greens product or a health drink. It's really an all-in-one nutritional superfood and it tastes delicious. And here's some great news, a little gift for you. We've worked out a deal with Daily Energy so that over it and on with it listeners just like you can get 30% off Daily Energy right now. Just go to getdailyenergy.com slash Christine for this special offer. Again, and this link will be in the show notes too, so you can get it there. GetDailyEnergy.com slash Christine and get 30% off. It's the simplest life hack you can do for your health this year. All right, everybody. And now on to my coaching call with Daniel. Hi, Daniel. Welcome to the show. What's your question? Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, 
my biggest struggle is anxiety. It's whenever I'm away from home, it's like a constant feeling of discomfort. And whenever I have to interact with people, it's just like off the charts. I'm, I barely function. So my question for you is, uh, can you sort of help me to dismantle my sort of protective shell that I'm hiding behind? Sure. Great question and brave question. Um, <laughs> how old are you now? 28. 28. And how long has this been going on? All my adult life. All your adult life. So since you were 20 or since you were 18, teenager? Uh, it comes from my adolescence. I, I had a stepdad who used violence and threats of violence to sort of control me and I didn't get protection. So I just like went into myself and, you know, he's out of my life now. I have no threats to me. Like my protective shell doesn't serve me anymore. There's nothing I can't defend myself against, but it's right. still ever present. Right. Well, you probably have a little, you know, post-traumatic stress going on there in terms of just the suffering from violence for a lot of your life. So it's very astute and aware that you know where it comes from. What work have you done on it so far? Have you seen or worked with any therapist? Have you done anything to try to uh, heal it? I've not sought professional help. It's more sort of like books and just doing exercises and things of that nature. Like I've, I've read through your book and I've been going through the various sort of things that you prescribe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And have those things helped? Yeah, definitely. It's... Uh, it has like it's 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 changed things i've gone from a place of just being like really angry and sort of wanting to go and sort of seek revenge mm -hmm. and now i'm more of a place of he was obviously like struggling and mm -hmm. yeah yeah well usually when people are abusive or violent of course this is not an excuse but it's their inward pains projected outwards so usually they're, they're in a lot of pain. So it's, it's amazing that you can see that at the same time, it doesn't make it better and it doesn't condone it inside of you. So I'm just going to ask you a couple more questions and then I'll, I'll go more into giving you some, some support and some insight and possibly some things to work with. When you leave your house, when you're in any kind of social situation, what is your self-talk? Like what's going on inside your head? What are you thinking? What are you believing? I don't, I don't know if there are, like, I don't know if there is, like, a narrative of, of, like, oh, danger, danger, danger. I just, it's a physical sensation of, of discomfort and, like, I might start to get jittery and I might start playing with my hands and I don't, like, I don't recall, like, a, a narrative in my head, like, any self-talk. Well, even when that happens, is, is there a self-talk of, like, oh, here it comes, it's here, I'm anxious, is there any thought going on or is it just a physical response? It feels like a physical response like that. Okay. I, I imagine like there's a huge disconnect because there's times where like, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm all good. But then I'll feel that my heart is just like rapidly beating and I'm yeah. like, oh, okay, what, what's this about? And is that a familiar feeling to how you felt around your stepfather? I imagine so because it's like, I don't want to like make out that I was like beaten up all the time. It was more so... Like he punched me a couple of times and then after that it was more like threats of violence. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. He, he's definitely going to make good on these. So better just do whatever he says. Daniel, even being punched once is enough to be traumatic, especially by someone who's in a parental role. So I don't want you to minimize what happened. I also don't want you to 
be in a victim place about it, which it doesn't sound like you are, but it's important to honor our experiences and not minimize them and go, okay, this is what happened. It was very traumatic in my world. Other people might've been abused more, but for me in my world, this was very traumatic. And it's, it's important to recognize that and acknowledge that so that you can heal it and move forward. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's true. Yeah. Just because like other people are suffering doesn't mean that like it diminishes what I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. at the same time, I just don't want to be like, oh, I was just, there's so many extreme stories and I just don't want to place myself in that category. Well, forget about placing yourself in any category. Just honor what happened so that you can work with it. Okay. So from my point of view, what's happening when you're going out in the world is you're doing something. My coach Mona used to call it time traveling. And it's basically when we're in a situation and physically we're in a pres the present moment, but mentally and emotionally we're in the past. Does that make sense so far? Yeah. Cause the, I like when I'm in the present moment, it's not like I have any threats of Correct. violence or there's any threats to my safety. It's just, I just get the anxiety. Right. Right. Which is probably frustrating because consciously <laughs> you know that everything's okay, but on an unconscious level, your body is responding. And basically what it is, Daniel, is it's just feedback to you that this hasn't been healed. And, and this is healable. This is definitely something you can heal. And I first just really want to acknowledge you because, you know, a lot of times people will turn it outward. They'll become violent in some way. And you haven't done that. So in a way, the anxiety has protected you from becoming violent or lashing out. The only problem is there's a bit of lashing inwardly because I can hear just from you sharing that you judge yourself for this, that this is something you may have some shame and judgment about. Is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's that was super confusing too. That's one of the release exercises I did. I said, like, why do I feel guilt and shame? Right. Right. Well, that's it's a good... still not clear for me. Well, and we don't have to know all the whys, but I can guess a little bit of, of the guilt is feeling like you know you're safe consciously, but you can't seem to shift it. And then the shame is along the same lines of knowing that you want to go out in the world, but the fact that it's, you know, pr produces so much anxiety for you and holds you back, um, is shameful. So we don't need to dig too deeply into the why you're feeling the way you're feeling. It's more about how do you shift into new feelings that give you more of the experience that you like. So the first thing here is really to look at the fact that you know, even as a, as a young man, you had a, uh, authority figure, father figure who was scary. And so you never had like a safe place to feel like you could fully be who you are. Maybe moments of it, but if you were walking on eggshells and had threats of violence, then you consistently really couldn't be yourself. You had to modify your behavior to adapt and stay safe. Make sense so far? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So what this really is about is about, you know, so many people, especially kids or young adults who experience any kind of abuse, what they want so much in that moment is for someone to come in and save them, for someone to come in and make it stop. Does that resonate with you? Yeah. Yeah. So how we heal it as adults is we basically go back and save ourselves. 
And we take the adult part of us, the grown-up part of us, and go back in our memory because the unconscious mind does not know the difference between a well-imagined thought and feeling versus reality. So there's a process that I teach in my mastery course and then I do with clients where I call it the empty chair process. And you set up two chairs and you, grown-up Daniel, sit in one chair and then you put you know, younger Daniel at whatever age you feel like it was most intense or when it began in the other. And you literally move back and forth and have a conversation between older you and younger you. And you hear what the younger you has to say, probably something along the lines of, I I hate this. I want to make it stop. I don't know what I did wrong. I want someone to come in and save me. And the older you talks to that younger part and says, it's okay. I'm here. You didn't do anything wrong. It's not your fault. It's over. And that's something that's really important to hear and to say to yourself, Daniel, it's over, it's over, it's over. And I know consciously your grown-up self knows that, but the younger part of you doesn't. And often we kind of carry around the anxiety because the issue isn't healed because we're still carrying around judgment. You know, what may be keeping this locked in place for you is a misunderstanding or a belief that there was something wrong with you or that you did something wrong. Or that on some level you deserved it. And I know consciously you may not feel that way, but a lot of times when we're the victim of abuse or threats, we start to believe that. Yeah. It just because it's over such a prolonged period of time, it just just grinded on me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what did this all this make you believe about yourself? It wasn't just the violence he was also demeaning verbally and he was always belittling me sure and he was always making me feel like i was never good enough so it has two parts one is like obviously being feeling physically vulnerable and powerless and the second part just feeling inferior yeah not good enough yeah i get that (laughs) i get that so just close your eyes for a moment and just in your mind sort of rewind time and and go back to when you were a younger man or boy. When did all this start? How old were you when he came into your life and this started? He came into my life when I was 12 and there was sort of like that a one-year period where it's like, oh, things are all good, but then the time was 13, things started to get dark. Okay, okay. So just keep your eyes closed and go back to that time when you were around 13 when things really started to change. When your life went from being safe and feeling loved to feeling unsafe and scared and like you didn't know what was coming. And in your, in your mind, can you see that 13-year-old young man? Can you see him? Yeah. Can you see what you look like? Okay, good. And just from your heart, what would grown-up you say to him? What do you think he really needs to hear? It's not your fault. He has his own issues. He's struggling and he's taking it out on you. You you haven't done anything. It's, he desperately needs help and no one's coming to help him. So you're becoming his emotional punching bag and it, he can't take away what you are. Mm-hmm. Really, really great. And so often these younger parts, they 
an explan like a psychological explanation is helpful to our grown up self to understand it. But the younger parts when we're a kid, sometimes those don't affect us as much. What we really need to hear is you didn't do anything wrong. I'm here now. You're protected. You're safe. It's over. So can you speak to him just in a reassuring way without even mentioning your stepdad? Can you speak to him as if he's your son? <laughs> it's it's okay. It's it's not your fault. It's over. You're safe. You didn't do anything wrong. And take a deep breath. And take another deep breath and see if you can just sort of dial down the anxiety that you're feeling in this moment. Knowing that you're safe and here with me and you're being supported. Mm -hmm. And really, really see that younger part. And one more time. <laughs> one more time. Tell yeah. him again. You're doing great. It's okay. You're safe. You haven't done anything wrong. You're fine just the way you are. It's over. You have no need to worry. No one's out to hurt you or to get you. You're safe. Good. And when you look at him and see him now, how does he seem and how do you feel? Uh, I don't know. I, I do feel lighter. Like, it's hard to put into words how I feel. Yeah. So... This is this is a, a big thing, and it's not like we're going to solve it on a 20-minute <laughs> podcast, but I do want to make a dent, and I just want you to notice that you do feel a little lighter. So what's starting to happen, and what I wanted to give you an experience of, Daniel, is connecting with that younger part. You've done a lot of work on this. You understand it psychologically. You've, you're even moving towards forgiveness, not condonement, but forgiveness of your stepfather. But the piece that's missing is you really connecting with that younger part and making that part of you that had felt traumatized and scared for so many years safe. And that's the reason the anxiety still exists, is because there's this younger part that keeps getting activated and no one's really tending to him. Does that make sense? It does, and this is not something I've really thought of or done, or done work on, so yeah. I guess it's a missing piece. Right. Right. And that's wonderful because now you can work with it. So here's some, <laughs> here's some things I would encourage you to do. Um, okay. maybe try that empty chair process that I explained. The other thing you mm. can do is write to him, not type, but handwrite and have, have him write back, but write those letters doing a visualization where you close your eyes and you, you see him and you connect and you speak gently and you reassure and you start to forgive yourself for buying into the misunderstanding that something was wrong with you. But really the theme to all of this is you need to go in and be a loving father, a loving, protective father to that younger man who felt scared, like something was wrong with him, like it wasn't safe to be who he was, and like he never knew when the other shoe was going to drop. Mm. 
because that peace is still activated inside of you. And the only way to heal it is to kind of go back in time and be the voice that you wish you would have had. And at the same, and, and also attach the feelings to it because you don't just want to say, you're safe. It's okay. It's not your fault. That's very different than Daniel, you're safe. It's okay. It's not your fault. Mm. And I wasn't just changing my tone. I was speaking from my heart to you versus my head. And this may take a little practice and a little time because you didn't have a great role model <laughs> for speaking to yourself in a, in a masculine kind way. But so often, like, we're confused about what the masculine is. You know, we think it's just strong and force and err. But the masculine is also very, very loving. And that, that, that light of the masculine is what makes us feel safe and protected. And if you connect to that part in you and you have that inside of you, I promise you, you have that strong, masculine, loving part. If you connect to that part of you and make those younger parts feel safe and feel loved and feel seen and feel understood, then I would really, really, really expect the anxiety to start to go away. That would be great. And the other thing to practice is before you go into a social situation, talk to that younger part and maybe you can do a visualization like, was there a place when you were younger, when you were a teenager that you felt really safe? Like maybe like you were playing sports or maybe it was a friend's house. Like where was sort of a place that you did feel safe? It was my grandma's house. Okay, beautiful. So maybe before you go into, let's say you're going to a party. Before you walk in, you do a visualization, you talk to that younger part and you say, okay, younger Daniel, you get to go to grandma's house. <laughs> you go, you go there. I'm going to go to the party. You don't have to come. <laughs> you get to go to grandma's where you feel safe and you can do whatever. And grown up me is going to go to the party. <laughs> Kender. Yeah. How does all this feel and sound to you? It's, it's uplifting because it's something that I haven't been working on gives me something else to do the, to try and help. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Beautiful. Any questions? No, I think you've covered it. Okay. At least for the time being anyway. Okay. So what's your, yeah. what are your action steps moving forward? That I need to connect with little me and that, He's still in pain. He feels unsafe and unprotected. And I just need to reassure him that things are all good by talking to him, by just like spending some time with him and reassuring him from a place of love and not so much rationalizing things. Yes, you got it. <laughs> you got it. He needs love. He needs to feel loved, to feel safe. Imagine if I had spent this whole time on the call with you and I only talked to you from my head and I only gave you rational explanations and I never connected with you through my feelings. Do you think we would have made the progress we did? No. Could you feel my support? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That makes a big difference. So it's the it connecting with him and saying those things, but also really feeling it. This is healable. You do not have to live with this anxiety for the rest of your life. I promise you. 
this can move through quickly. And the final thing I'll say is you may want to, if you haven't already, start some kind of meditation practice where you really start to learn how to bring your mind back into the present moment. So mm. some kind of guided meditation, you may want to look up transcendental meditation. That might be very useful for you, but that will also help. Uh, I've been meditating for quite some time now. Okay. Is it, it, I have noticed some changes, like more so with when I get angry, I sort of move through it a lot quicker now. But Beautiful. Yeah. And is it guided or do you just sit on your own? No, I don't really do. No, I haven't done guided. I do one where I just sit with my thoughts and another one, uh, I do uh, a mantra one. Okay, good. And I also listen to binary beats. Good. Yeah. Good. Well, and, and a guided meditation, even with a man's voice, might also be really helpful for you. So you start to kind of have that programming of like a loving masculine voice. So you may want to look into that as well. I've not thought of that before. I'll definitely give it a try. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you for having <laughs> the courage to be on the show. Thank you for sharing this. And like I said, I really, you know, borrow my belief for now if you need to. I know you can get to the other side of this. You are strong. Thank you. I'm so touched by Daniel's honesty in this call. And if you haven't noticed in the calls that I've aired over the past five weeks or so, there's been a lot of men really showing up vulnerably, which has been so awesome. So let's dive into this call a bit. I want to start with speaking a bit about abuse, be it verbal, physical, or sexual. Any form of abuse is incredibly painful. So if you've been on the receiving end of it or the giving end of it, please know you have my compassion, so much compassion. What you do not have is my pity because you're not a victim and you don't have to be sentenced to a lifetime of suffering because you were abused in the past. Again, you have my compassion and I'm also encouraging you here to break the cycle of abuse by healing your own. And you're never going to heal it if you continue to relate to yourself as a victim. It's time to do the healing work with the younger parts of yourself like I coached Daniel through so that you can not just mentally process what happened to you, but so that you can go back and really tend to the part of you that went through the experience. You know, an old friend of mine recently reached out to me for support because his life from his perspective is completely falling apart. He feels like he's losing everything because an addiction that he struggled with is sabotaging his life. He's managed and from his words beat the addiction for years through cognitive behavioral therapy and just sheer will and force alone. But eventually that wore off and he's finally facing the fact that he's got to go back and deal with his childhood pain and abuse. It's been something he's never wanted to look at because the pain felt way too intense. So he's just attempted to overcome it by avoiding it. I shared with him a definition of healing I learned at the University of Santa Monica, which I want to share with you. And that is, Healing is the application of love to the places inside that hurt. I know it can be scary to go back to old pain. And to heal, we don't have to necessarily go back and relive abusive events. But I found in over a decade of doing this work and healing from my own pain, that bringing love, compassion, and reassurance to those younger parts of us that went through what we went through is so important. We've talked a lot about reparenting ourselves on this show being there for ourselves and saying the things to ourselves that we so needed to hear at the time, but that we didn't hear. 
That is why my coaching with Daniel was less about the whys to his anxiety and more about coaching him into the experience of connecting with his younger self who took on the abuse and criticism from his stepfather. You see, growing up Daniel doesn't have social anxiety, just like grown up you doesn't have social anxiety. It's the younger Daniel that's getting triggered in those events. Remember I said he was time traveling. He continues to have these emotional triggers because it's feedback, there's healing work to do. So the more he does the inner work to connect with that part and help him feel not so traumatized, the safer he will feel and the less anxiety he will experience. And you heard me coach him about how to connect to that younger part, and I'm giving you this coaching as well. A lot of times when we go back and talk to those younger parts of ourselves, we go in explanation mode. Like, oh, your stepfather was just hurting too, and he was just taking out his anger on you, and that's more of an explanation. And little kids don't want explanations necessarily. They want reassurance. They want to know they're okay. They want to know it wasn't their fault. They want to know they're loved and they're safe. It's so, so important to stop the cycle of abuse by getting out of victim and doing your own healing. And some of you listening may be even feeling tremendous guilt and shame right now because you've been abusive to others. You also have my compassion. You probably have been abused in some way. And instead of lashing inward, like Daniel was doing with self-criticism, you've lashed outward. Your healing involves the same kind of journey, applying love to the places inside that have been hurt. I also want to talk about forgiveness. It can feel super hard to even consider forgiving someone who's been abusive, even ourselves. But remember a few things about forgiveness. It's not about condoning. I forgive you does not mean I condone what you did, what you did is okay. No. I forgive you means I'm letting go of the charge that I have against you. I'm letting go of the anger and the sadness and the shame that I'm carrying. I'm freeing myself. And remember, the person was really doing the best they could. I know that sounds crazy when you're thinking about an abuser or even being abusive yourself, but that abuse was coming from pain. And don't spiritual bypass either. Don't jump right to forgiveness. You may need to get your emotions out first, your rage, your anger, your sadness, your hurt, your shame. Use expectation hangover my last book to work through that emotional section and then get to the forgiveness. And I do want to emphasize here, both those of you who've been abused or have abused, and usually if you have abused, you've been abused too, to reach out and get support, not just from books and courses, but from actual people. Dealing with abuse is something that therapists are very, very, very helpful with. Therapists, coaches, somatic therapists, find people who can help you with the healing journey. And finally, some suggestions for you that I gave Daniel. You can work with that empty chair process I talked him through, setting up two chairs and talking to that younger part of you. That's also a process I teach deeply in my mastery course. So you may want to get on the early list to join me for that again. You can also do a letter writing process from you to the younger part and have the younger part respond and actually be in a dialogue conversation, but do it through journaling. You can also practice visualization. A tip I gave Daniel was to visualize a really safe place that he could send his younger self to before he went into any social situation. And then visualize the social situation going exactly the way you want it to do. Visualize and really feel yourself walking in with confidence and self-acceptance. And finally, a meditation practice to bring your mind back into the present moment. And if you're really working on finding that inner parent inside of you, 
You may want to think about considering guided meditation from either a male or female voice, depending on what parent you needed to hear the love from the most. All right, everybody. I hope this session was inspiring and also very healing for you. I know that it was for Daniel, and I so appreciate his vulnerability on the call. I'm sending you all so much love this holiday season and beyond. And remember to send any questions or things you want coaching on to assist at christinehasler.com. Much love and many blessings. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. Blessings.